Welcome everyone, so glad to have all of you, whether you're joining us online in the room as we are in week two of our series entitled Share the Experience. And if you did not hear Matt Johnson last week kick off this series, I would so encourage you to go back and go listen online or watch it because Matt shared with us some very important truths that we need to understand going into this year. Now, also Matt said last week that 2020, and we all get this, man, it was a challenging year for every one of us. But as in most cases, when there is something that's kind of negative in the midst of all that negative, there's also been some positives. See, good and bad usually run on parallel tracks in our lives when you really stop and think about it. And one of the positives that have come from this last year is we have been reminded of what matters the most. So the question that we're asking as we kick off 2021 in this series with all the challenges for the church in 2020, I mean, to the point that many of us were shut down the buildings. We weren't shut down as a church, but our buildings were shut down anywhere from seven to eight months. And that is this, does the message of the church still matter? Is it essential or is it not essential? Can it still make a difference in your life, in your family, in the city, in your community, in your culture or nation, and ultimately in a world? And the answer that we're convinced of is yes. In fact, 2020 has proven that the church is a movement with a message that our communities need to hear more than ever. So last week, we began by discovering together why that is true. And we were reminded that we are stewards of the message of eternal life. See, we steward, or another way you could say it is, we get to carry this message that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again to pay the penalty for our sin. He came to offer us forgiveness for and freedom from our sins. And see, don't we all know people who need to know that? And don't we also need to be reminded of that? Listen, if this pandemic did anything, it reminded us that death is a reality for everyone and that no one is promised tomorrow. See, this message of eternal life is as important as ever. But not only are we stewards of the message of eternal life, we are also stewards of the message of a better life. In other words, the message we have the responsibility, and not just the responsibility, but the message that we have the responsibility and the privilege to carry, carry isn't just a message that makes a difference when you die. It's a, it makes a difference right here, right now. See, we are stewards of a message of a better life, a better life of virtue, like love and peace and kindness and self-control. And don't we need that message more than ever in our culture and in, especially in our nation? And when we, the church, we, the followers of Christ who make up this thing called the body of Christ, the church, when we steward this message well, everybody benefits and has a better life. Now, for the rest of this series, we're going to dig deeper into how this message is relevant to very specific experiences that all of us face from time to time in our life. And today, we're going to address what's probably the most difficult question to answer. So I just want to challenge you, stay with me till the end, because this is a tough message to hear, but it's one that is so important that we hear and that we process. So this 
question that we're answering today is this. Is the message of the church relevant in the midst of pain, suffering, and sorrow? Now, I don't need to tell any of us, especially after 2020, that none of us are exempt from the reach of loss and pain and suffering in this world. But here's the thing. It still doesn't change the fact that we're surprised when it happens to us. See, even though for all of our life, we've seen it around us every day, we hear it about on the news, or we experience it with a family member or a friend, but when our legs get kicked out from under us financially and we lose everything, we still wonder, where's God? And why God? For, for those of you who've watched a loved one suffer with sickness or an addiction, or, or you had a kid go through rebellion and, and throw everything in their life away, you know what it's like to have questions and doubt. In those moments when we're in the midst of pain and suffering and life is really complicated, we don't just question if the matter, message of the church matters. We question whether God even matters. Because after all, couldn't he do something and shouldn't he do something? And why doesn't he show up and act? And why don't he fix all this stuff in my life? See, those questions, they just make sense. Where is God and why God? What else can you ask? And then you add to that all the questions that come whenever a natural disaster hit and there's, there's a hurricane or there's a pandemic. And the question on everybody's mind in those moments is, what good is God now? Or why didn't he stop this? Or where is he? Why doesn't God do something? So it's easy for me to say, stand here and, and say to you, the message of the church is still essential and we're stewards of a message of a better life. But is that true in the midst of pain and suffering? Does it make a difference when everything is falling apart in our life? And so today what we want to do is we want to share with you the answer that many of us have discovered after walking through so many different tragedies personally and with so many different people over the years. And the great news is this is going to provide you with what we all desperately need and what we all desperately want when we're dealing with pain and difficulty in life. And it's going to provide you with some meaning and hope and some context as you go through hard times in this life. So if you have a Bible, I would so encourage you to follow along this time so that you don't get lost in, in, in the passage that we're going to be looking at. Because we're looking at a passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote out of the book of Romans, and we're going to be looking at chapter 8. Now, before we read this, I need to give one disclaimer. This explanation that we're going to give you about how the message of the church is relevant when it comes to pain and suffering in our life, this explanation that the Apostle Paul gave, it only applies to Christ followers. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, I can't give you a good answer for why you experience pain and suffering in life. But we do pray today that this will help you understand why the message of the church matters in difficult times of life and why having a relationship with God matters more than anything else. And maybe it'll even clear up some confusion about who's responsible for what's taking place in this world because it is so easy to blame God for bad things for, that happen in life, but he's not always to blame. So 
In this passage in Romans, the Apostle Paul explains to all of us a worldview that provides hope in the midst of suffering and difficulty. And understand, it's going to take us a little bit of time to get to the hope part today. We're going to deal with the suffering and the difficulty part first. But stay with us. But the thing I want you to understand is this worldview, what it does, it, it can explain or it can be explained by connecting three big truths. So let me go ahead and give them to you. Here they are. In the beginning, in the meantime, in the end. Now, as we look at Romans 8, you're going to see the Apostle Paul talk about all three of these. He's going to talk about in the beginning, he's going to talk about in the middle or in the meantime, and he's going to talk about in the end. He's going to talk about all three things in, in this passage. And I'll warn you that this passage, and this is why I want you to follow along, is it can be really confusing. So we're going to do our best to explain it very clearly. So if you walk away from today's conversation confused, it's not your fault. It's, it's my fault. So we didn't do a good enough job of explaining it. So we're going to begin reading in verse 18. So Romans 8, verse 18. Go ahead and turn to that passage. The Apostle Paul begins by saying, I consider. Now, this word consider is a mathematical term, but it can also mean to calculate. So the Apostle Paul is calculating something. So what does he calculate or what does he consider? He says, I consider, I calculate that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So the Apostle Paul, he starts out in verse 18 by talking about the end. And the fact that even though it's hard right now, he says, I consider that our present sufferings, that's now, in the meantime, he says they're not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So he says, the fact that it's hard now, we can endure the present sufferings that come in this middle time, in the meantime, the time that we're living, because we know what is coming in the end. In fact, notice what he says also then in verse 19. The creation waits in eager, don't miss this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. In other words, he says, what's going to happen in the end, it is so awesome that creation is eagerly waiting for the future to get here so it can happen. He goes, this is a big deal. Creation is wanting it. And then it suddenly, like the Apostle Paul realizes, hey, these people don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And most of us are going, no, we really don't. So starting in verse 20, he goes back to the beginning. And he explains to us the connection between the beginning, the middle, or the meantime, the time in which we live, and the end. Look what he says beginning in verse 20. He says, for... The creation, this is the beginning, for the creation was subjected to frustration. Literally, creation, as I said, is talking about the beginning. And frustration, it means brokenness, decay, and suffering. So he says creation was subjected, don't miss this, to brokenness, decay, and suffering. That happened in the beginning. Notice the next part of the verse. He says, for the creation was subjected to brokenness, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Now, that's pretty obvious. 
that creation was subjected to brokenness because everything in the world is in decay. And if you don't believe me, just look in the mirror tomorrow morning when you get up. And the reason that you start struggling to keep your weight off when you get around 25 or 30 or 35 is that your body gravitates toward decay. And the reason if you're over 40, you never wake up in the morning without something hurting or aching, that's because you're in bondage to decay. Now, that wasn't God's idea when he created, in the, wor- when he created the world. But in, don't miss this, in the beginning, creation had to endure brokenness, which is decay and suffering. So who subjected creation to all of that? Who's responsible? We don't like the answer, but the answer is that would be us. See, the Apostle Paul here is he is referring to what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God and they ushered sin into the world. So this is our, big first, tr- our, big, our first big truth that I want you to maybe write down to carry with you. In the beginning, sin broke the world. Don't miss that. In the beginning, sin broke the world. Now, why is that significant? Because it changed the way everything in this world functions. It changed the way that we humans relate to God. Now we have separated ourselves from his love and his goodness and his kindness. It changed how we treat one another. Now instead of loving others and putting the interest of others ahead of our own, we begin to follow our own desires of selfishness and start hurting others to get our way. It not only changed our relationship with God and with each other, it changed our physical world. Don't miss this. The creation of God went from being a place that was good and perfect to being a place of brokenness and pain and death, all because of sin. So, whenever a natural disaster or pandemic hits, when someone who is far too young dies, or when you are betrayed or hurt by someone, the reality is, who's responsible? Well, when a loved one is ravaged by cancer, who's responsible for that? It's why we say, God, why would you let this happen? The truth is, he's not the one that's responsible for it. And I know this next part is so hard to hear, but please don't check out. See, What we're experiencing in our world and in our life is simply the byproduct of a world broken by sin. Our sin is what opened the door and ushered in this world the reality of sorrow and suffering and death. In the beginning, sin broke the world. Now, here's the good thing. The message doesn't end here. If it would end here, we'd all check out and we'd be so depressed. But I want you to notice the next part. Notice what Paul writes next. He says, in hope. Now, we definitely need that in our world, don't we? But hope for what? What are we hoping for? Notice what he says. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated. Now, you got to understand, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated, he's talking about the end again. What will it be liberated from in the end? It will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children 
of God. Now, this is absolutely great news. The Apostle Paul says that in the beginning, sin broke the world. But it's not always going to be that way. In the end, guess what happened? Is going to happen. God's going to liberate or God is going to restore creation to what it was originally intended to be. God is going to make all things new. Now, here's what that means if you're a Christ follower. Is that you don't always or you won't always have a decaying body. And you won't always have to deal with suffering. There is coming a day when it will all disappear. So part of the reason that we can endure right now in the middle, in the meantime, in this part that we live is because we know we won't have to endure it forever. In fact, notice the next part of the verse. He says, for in this hope we were saved. What hope is he talking about? He's talking about the hope that God is going to one day restore this world and our bodies. But he goes on. He says, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So no, the Apostle Paul says, it hasn't happened yet. And yes, we're still waiting for it. But the question is, how does that help us in the meantime? Well, look at what he says next in verse 28. In the same way, and this is so powerful, I hope you all hear this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Now, have you ever been there? Have you ever been to a place where you didn't know the pain, the suffering, the difficulty, the complications of life were so difficult, you didn't know what to pray for? Listen, I found myself there a lot in 2020, and I'm sure many of you did. It hurt so badly, you didn't even know what to say. But he goes on. He says, we don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I mean, this is so great. God knows, this is what he's saying in this part, right? The last part of this verse. He says, God knows that sometimes the pain is so great and life is so complicated, all you can do is cry, whether that's inside or whether that's inside and outside. And he says, that's okay. I understand. And even though you don't think I'm anywhere near in the moment, God says, I want you to understand something. I see and I am interceding for you. Now, do you know what this word intercede means? It means that God is doing a whole lot more than just sending well wishes our way. It means that he is acting on our behalf. And you say, how is God acting on our behalf? Because if he was acting on our behalf, we wouldn't struggle with all this suffering and this pain and this loss. Notice what he says in verse 28. Here's how God is acting on our, on our behalf. And we know. What he's saying is, we don't have to wait and wonder about this. We can have unshakable confidence about this. And we know that in all things, not just some things, not just a good thing, 
but in all things, in everything that happens, even in this COVID crisis and all the chaos and all the confusion of life, he says, here's what we know, that in all things, God works. Now, here's what I know. There are moments in your life when the pain is so great and the suffering is so great and life has gotten so complicated. You thought God wasn't doing anything and you thought you were all alone in your pain. And the Apostle Paul says, no, no, he's at work. And what's he at work doing? Notice what he says. He's at work for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully. Because this verse right here, it gets tossed around by a lot of people who call themselves Christian. And, and it's oftentimes misused when people are going through pain. So I don't want you to miss what the Apostle Paul is saying. This verse does not say that all things that happen to us are good. And that's very obvious from life, isn't it? Nor does it say that everything that happens to us is going to end up the way you want it to happen, that we're always going to have happy endings here on this earth. That's not going to happen. He does not promise that either. What does it say? It says this, that God promises to be at work for the good, literally to bring good out of every single thing that happens in the life of the person who loves him and is fulfilling his purpose in life. So what does that mean for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ? Here's what it means. It means in the beginning, sin broke the world. That's why we have suffering in this world. Our sin broke the world. In the end, God will restore the world, and it's going to be so great that he said creation is eagerly anticipating all of what's going to happen, how God is going to bring it back to its original intent. But in the meantime, the time that you and I are living, God redeems your pain. See, this is why the message of the church is so essential in the midst of pain and suffering. See, our world, it needs a reminder that in the end, God is going to restore the world. God is going to remove our pain. But in the meantime, God redeems your pain. See, this is the message of hope that we carry as a church. Every experience can be redeemed, which means your life is never ruined. Which means that all that abuse that you suffered... God not only grieves with you over it, but he's not powerless in that pain, and he can redeem it. He can bring good from the evil. Or when your spouse cheated on you, or your kids rebelled, or your parents walked out of your life, or when you lost your job, or you were hurt by a friend, or you had to stand over the grave of a loved one who died far too young or unexpectedly. He says, even in the midst of the most devastating circumstances, God grieves and God redeems. See, the Apostle Paul, he reminds us, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In fact, the author Dallas Willard, he put it this way, and I love this. He says, nothing irredeemable has happened or can happen to us on our way to our destiny in God's full world. 
That's the promise. That's the truth. That makes the message of the church relevant in the midst of unspeakable pain and suffering. And that is why we have to share the experience. It's why we have to keep sharing the experience. Yes, the Apostle Paul said God grieves with us, but that's not all he does. In his interceding, he also redeems. Now, if you find that hard to believe, and I I know it can sometimes feel hard to believe when you're in the middle of a lot of grief and suffering and pain. Let me read two verses near the end of this chapter that really remind us of something very powerful. In fact, look at what the Apostle Paul says in verse 31 of chapter 8. He says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, for many of us, 2020, there were moments in time, or maybe for your whole season of 2020, it didn't feel like God was for you. And if it didn't feel like he cares, or if he's not there, then you need to be reminded of this next statement that he says in verse 32. It's so important. He says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. And here is the proof. This statement that the Apostle Paul makes, it is the proof that God can take the worst of pain and redeem it for good. In fact, the Apostle Paul is saying he did that with his own son. Think about it. The darkest day in human history was the day when the only truly innocent human being to ever live was violently murdered on a Roman cross. But when we talk about that day, we don't refer to it as tragic Friday. No, what do we do? We call it good Friday. Because God, he redeemed that pain to extend salvation and forgiveness to the whole world. So is the message of the church relevant in the midst of your pain and suffering and tragedy? The Apostle Paul says, you better believe it is. Because we have hope, not that just God is going to remove the pain in the end. We have hope because in the meantime, in the time that we live, we can withstand the brokenness of life because we have hope. And it's the only hope in this world that can help people withstand the brokenness of life. So we are stewards of a message, not only of eternal life, but also of a better life. So... If you're in the middle of pain and difficulty right now and you've been angry at God for letting that happen in your life and you feel like there's no hope and it would be so nice if we could tell you, hey, as a follower of Jesus, there's not going to be any more pain after 2020. But that's not true. But here's what we would encourage you to do and lean into based upon what the Apostle Paul said. First of all, put your hope in the promise that all things work for good to those who love God. Because God will redeem and God will restore. God will redeem in the meantime, in the time that we're living, and God will restore all that's broken in the end. That's our hope. Keep holding to the truth that God loves you. And all of this, it will work out according to his purpose. But the second thing is cooperate with God in the process. Like, don't become angry with him or run from him during this time. Don't feel like that God has broken or betrayed your trust in somehow that he's broken his promise with you about what he's going to give you in life because no, 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 he hasn't. 
No, pour out all your feelings to him, but open yourself up to let him do his work where you are experiencing brokenness in your life, the pain of brokenness. In fact, do what the Apostle Paul said. Wait with eager anticipation and expectation for the end to get here. But in the meantime, you just cooperate with God and keep on trusting him to do his work in and through your life. And then finally, share the experience. Literally, take your focus off of you and begin to focus on how God can use you to help others. Because see, I'm telling you folks, this right here, taking the focus off of you, it's a big way that God redeems your pain. He takes the terrible experiences and he turns them into instruments of hope and comfort for other people. He did it with the cross and he'll do it with your cross as well. So where is God when everything gets complicated? He's right there where the church is. Wherever you are as a follower of Christ, because together we make up the body of Christ, we make up the church, he's right there. Because we are stewards of the message of eternal life, and we are stewards of the message of a better life to all in suffering and pain. Here's the thing, folks. In this season, we have the opportunity to share the experience and extend comfort and hope to others because we've received it ourselves from God. So let's believe that. And let's share it with everyone who needs to hear that. Don't forget this. In the beginning, sin broke the world. That's why there is suffering and pain. In the end, God will restore all things, creation, our bodies, everything, back to its original design and intent. But in the meantime, in this season we live, remember as Apostle Paul said, he has not forgotten us. And God is at work redeeming our experience, even though we may not see it right now. So lean into him in this process. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you that you love us enough to take difficult subjects and unpack them for us in your love letter to us. Thank you for helping us understand why there is suffering and pain in this world that in the beginning, sin broke the world, our sin. The sin of us as humans, it broke the world. Therefore, we experience pain and suffering in this world. But I thank you for the reminder that in the end, you're going to redeem everything back to its original, or restore everything back to its original design and intent. And we get to experience the fullness of that. But I just want to thank you that you used the Apostle Paul to remind us that in the meantime, in this middle season, God, you're redeeming all of our pain to fulfill your purpose in this world. And I pray that this week you'll help us to lean into that. And God, may we share what we experience with you as you redeem our pain and our suffering and our difficulty with those that are around us who so desperately need to hear it in this world as well. God, we need the hope of this message, not just for our lives, but for our family, our friends, our coworkers. So help us to share the experience, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. I, I pray that you'll come back for part three because it's even going to go to a whole other level of helping you understand how to do life well in this season and be a messenger of a better life for our world and our communities. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.